When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice, episode 156. Welcome in. Uh, Rich looks really upset over there. This is your host, Chad Minton with Rich Howe. <laughs> and Kyle Perkins is going to be hopping in any moment now to reflect on everything that's going on in the world of the Nashville Predators. Is there anything going on? What's going uh, there's, on? There's uh, Rich. If, if you've been living in a cave, I will enlighten <clears> you. Uh, it, it's a little bit of a circus, a clown show. I don't know what you want to call it. Another pitch kind forks. of the villagers. Show. The villagers have their pitchforks, man. There's and a, they're there, coming. There's another kind of show that we're, we're not going to use the word because uh, yeah. we're a clean we're podcast. A, but yes, there's another kind of show thing. you can put in front of that for what's going on. So, <sighs> yes. Yep. So anyway. anyway, we're here for you. Thank you for joining us on the YouTube channel or if you're watching on Twitter, hit the subscribe button below. If mm-hmm. you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you there. Uh, Catfish and Ice, episode 156, The National Predators. Uh, they had a really, probably one of the, let me just start off with this first. In <laughs> all the episodes we've done of Catfish on Ice, and we just said it, this is episode 156. All 156. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here. I'm not trying to be over dramatic here. I am being dead serious. I cannot remember an episode that we have done where I am this fired up and this opinionated and this angry at everything that is going on with this team right now. Really? I really it seems like there's you, been some more other lopsided victories. It's or not lopsided about, losses. Well, it's not about the losses. Yeah, I agree. You're right. It's not about the one game. I'm not yeah. focusing on the Oilers game here. I yeah. am focusing on everything that is happening as one grouping here. Like, let's think about it here, Rich, before we really tell you what we're getting into tonight. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners already know what we're getting into. We don't have to tell you, but mm-hmm. Let's put this all into a capsule here of what has happened in the last (laughs) month. We are a month into the regular season. We are in November now. The Predators have managed to lose in almost every way fathomable. Fathomable. That's a hard word to say sometimes. It is hard. Fathomable. Uh, Every way. Fathomable. Imaginable. Imaginable is an easier word to say. Imaginable. I like fathomable, though. It it makes me sound smart. Okay, anyway. Fathomable. Fathomable. You right? can't say it either. Barely. Anyway, you get what I'm trying to get at here. All right. I do. They figured out every way to lose here. They've given up third period leads when you think they're coasting. They've come out and played really great and got goalied. They've come no, out dude. and they've goalied come out and spent all their time in the penalty box. And you're like, that's why they lost. 
They've had games where they don't go to the penalty box and they still figure out a way to lose. Yep. They've had games where, um, let's see, they've had games where they go to the power play plenty of times and they can't score. That was against the Oilers. They went 0 for 5 last night, if anyone was keeping track. I don't know. They they, they, keep, they, they figured out every way in the book to lose pretty much right now. They point. have hung their goaltender out to dry, but their goaltender has also let in some shots that they normally don't. Yeah. And they're not they're not letting the other goaltender play. Lots of stuff going on here. Lots Mike Twitter's stuff. Mike Twitter's here. He said Mike check. That's funny. Mike check. Yeah. Is that yeah. I mean I hope everyone can hear me here. I I'm checking my mic. No, can I you think, hear me, Rich? I think he's saying Mike check. He's Mike, Mike Twitter, Twitter, we see you. Get it? And then our friend Johnny, we haven't talked to him in a while. Just stopping by to say hi. You guys know who this is. It's Johnny Love Finding Out podcast, guys. Yes, we love, love Johnny. Him. He is awesome. He does his he own. Got some stats, man. And and yes, and he always shares them with us. We will share some of what he shared yep. with us before. He he he's always brings the historical stats to us. He some did. stuff he that some history lessons here. He has followed the team since 1998 so johnny is awesome he does his own stuff on youtube uh he does his reaction videos right after the game his fan reaction videos so go follow johnny uh let's tell you what we're getting getting into tonight for episode 156 of catfish on ice presented by DraftKings promo code thpn and part of the hockey podcast network with chad minton rich howe and kyle perkins we'll be getting in on the stream very soon so stay tuned for that. And we've got so much to get through here. We've got to talk about the Oilers debacle, or as I like to call it, Edmonton <laughs> Oilers homecoming night. If you watch college sports, or if you watch high school sports, high school you, sports usually. if you have kids who play on the football team, or the baseball team, or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. every amateur sports team has homecoming night. They do. Guess what I felt like I was watching? (laughs) I felt like the Edmonton Oilers scheduled the Nashville Predators for homecoming. That's what it felt like. It was so hard to watch. We will get more into it. Kyle Perkins. It felt like homecoming. Kyle Perkins, can you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) He's having some... Technical difficulties at the moment. We'll let him. We see him. We We see see him. We we see our. (laughs) We see our friend Kyle Perkins. He's about to throw his headset into the out the window, but we see him. He's going to work on that. All right. We got. We got to talk about this Oilers debacle. We got to talk about John Hines. It. I thought his seat was cozy going into the season. I thought it was all nice, like your favorite lounge chair that you lay in and you fall asleep in every night. That's what I felt like now so much. I don't know. It's getting kind of hot. It's, it's get, so, it, yes. It's it like is. when you get into a new car and you heat up those seats and they get no, warm and toasty. I, I yeah, I got, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Last season, it's like he took a team that had no business playing the way they did. And they did great until the last quarter of the season. This year, he's got probably the best team that they've had since I don't even know when, 2017, probably 2018, and can't do anything. And it's so strange. I just don't get it. So I don't know if they're 
being exposed for who they really are finally after so many years, or if it's just he he's not coaching good or the team. We'll just get more jump. into it. We'll save some of your thoughts on that. We'll get more into it. We yes. got to preview the uh, Calgary Flames who are up next. There's no breaks in this they're schedule. Probably, There's, there are no breaks bad. here. There are no breaks. Just because you're a slumping team does not mean that the NHL schedule is going to give you any breaks and you get the Calgary Flames up next. So we're going to preview that matchup, which is coming up on Thursday. We've got to talk about some roster moves here. Kiefer Sherwood hits waivers. You know, that guy that scored the first goal of the season, Rich. <laughs> I do. Good old Kiefer. Yeah, he's already on waivers. So who should get the nod? Who should get called up from the Milwaukee Admirals? We will talk about that. We're going to get a Milwaukee Admirals update. We are going to do our power rankings for the Central Division battle for the Central Power Rankings. That should be fun. And we've got a couple quick hitters, NHL quick hitters, to round out the episode, including um, if you could pick one celebrity to own the Predators, who would you pick? That's a good one. So we That's will save that. We'll save that for the end of the episode. We got another quick hitter to throw in there as well that yep. we will talk about an article I came across that I found very interesting. So it is a full slate of topics tonight on Catfish Tons. on Ice. Let's. Uh, really do you want to? Do you want me to read? So our friend Johnny. We were talking about the stats he sent us. Do you want you want me to read those real quick? Yeah, share some of what Johnny right. shared with us, some historical stats yeah. that were some really good stuff from Johnny. Yeah. We love Johnny. Absolutely. So he sent, uh, sent us a message, and it said, this is two stats just to hammer home how bad this streak is. Overall, the Predators have won four games outright in regulation, three this year and one last in their last 22 games played. Yeah. Ugh. And the fourth worst start in franchise history, the expansion season, 98, 2002, 2003, and 2009-2010. The 2009-10 is the only season where they started this bad and still made the playoffs. They played 65% hockey the rest of the way. Not nah, doesn't bode well. Hey, doesn't bode well. first of all, can someone hire Johnny to do this for a all living? Because right. he's pretty good at it. Very good at it. Uh, that's amazing. It's yeah. not easy. It's not easy to go out and find stats like that. Like no. it takes time and effort. And Johnny is always on spot. And so we appreciate you sharing that with us, Johnny. And that is also equally pretty disturbing because it is very disturbing. Uh, for sure. That kind of go. If you're counting back to last season, and if you're counting the sweep to the Avalanche in the first round of the playoffs, if you're counting how the Preds ended last regular season, Mm -hmm. we all remember how they lost to the Arizona Coyotes and they found themselves in the whole position to have to play the Avalanche in the first round to begin with. We remember all of this. Yep. He did send something else, though, that there is a little good news for us. As Preds fans, he said the Blues have lost five in a row. Well, five games in a row, and I the am. Penguins, the Penguins. I think they they're they're probably going to lose if they haven't already to Buffalo. The Penguins after tonight blowing another multi goal lead have lost six 
games in a row. <laughs> well, so I put an yeah, so I put an article up on Predlines. The the Predators are not alone in these. It doesn't make it any easier to deal with, but the Predators right. are not alone in a lot of really early season disappointments from a lot of teams. And it's it's in the Central Division. It's around the league. There are a lot of teams that aren't overly impressive. Even your defending, untouchable Stanley Cup champion, not Colorado great. Avalanche, have not opened the season very impressive. So how quickly can you correct can you correct these mm-hmm. issues that the Predators are dealing with? That's a story for a whole nother day. Yep. Kyle, we can Kyle. hear you, man. Can you I can hear y'all now? Can you hear me? We, we can, can hear your beautiful, hear you. lovely voice now, finally. The it has, tones of Kyle Perkins. It has been a week. Uh, yep. I had a really bad power surge the other night, and uh, don't know why. It was Halloween night, and uh, mm. yeah, um, and apparently my computer no longer thinks it has Wi-Fi in it, oh. so I've, I've been running uh, Ethernet cable across the house. Okay. To get ready and then uh, get everything hooked up, and all of a sudden, I have no. Uh, uh, the- my camera's not working. <laughs> got it going, and then I tur- come on here, and I've got no audio. And it's like you, you do now. You we do hear now. you loud and clear, and you're yes. here. We need you for this episode, man, man, because yep. this is going to be one for the ages. And we are ready for it. We are ready to bring the heat here. Um, we were Crazy. just talking, Kyle, about how, as bad as it seems, there are a lot of other teams around the league that are also some big disappointments. We bring up the Pittsburgh Penguins. We bring up the uh, – the Penguins are a big one, obviously. But there are plenty of other teams out there that have not opened the season very impressively either with high expectations Unfortunately, that's not going to make anyone feel any better if you're a Panthers no. fan. No one cares no. about other teams struggling. Nope. We care about this team. And not quite frankly, this team looks like garbage right now. Hot yes. garbage. Hot garbage, actually. Yeah. Hot. So let, let, let's let's begin episode 156, and we're going to toss the mic to Kyle. I call it Edmonton Oilers homecoming night. I couldn't get that thought out of my head. And I tweeted this. You can check the receipts. When the Predators were up one to nothing, they got that quick goal from Matias Ekholm. I don't want to ever take away any credit from scoring a goal. A goal is hard to do. and But it was kind of a fortunate gift goal. Right place, right time. Ekholm was there. Great. Give you a pat on the back for that. Preds are up one nothing. It, it never felt like the Preds were in this game, even when they were up one nothing. The Oilers... It was like watching a, a Division II football team play Alabama football. And that Division II football team somehow scores the first touchdown in the first couple minutes of the game. And you're like, <laughs> what? You're like, you're like, what? What happened? What? But there's still four quarters of football left, people. And Alabama ends up winning 67 to 7 or something. Yeah. Like, that's what that game felt like to me, Kyle. What, what did you see from it? Well, let me real quick before Kyle goes. I do want to bring up the fact that Edmonton were on a four-game win streak, and they have two of the best players in the world. Go, Kyle! <laughs> Tornado in a trailer park. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, I like that. It just it was from one end to the other. 
Edmonton is not that great defensively. I mean, it's it's a proven fact. They win by scoring a ton of goals, but Nashville couldn't get through the neutral zone. They just – it was – God, it was pathetic to watch. It was. Bad passing. Don't let the final score fool you either. Oh, no, it wasn't close. Preds score four goals. They were all like – I don't want to call them garbage time goals. It was five to three with 15 minutes left in the game. So, you know, like I signed off of Twitter and I said, I'm done with this game. I kept watching it, but I signed off of social media. I'm like, because if I kept tweeting, I was going to keep saying more and more bad things. (laughs) And so I literally cut myself off from social media for that reason. I said, no more tweeting from you because you're going to say some really bad things about this team. And you're so angry right now mm-hmm. that you probably should cut yourself off. But I still kept watching the game, and it was 5-3. to three. Forsberg scores this really pretty power play goal that you would love to see in crunch time when it really matters. But instead it comes in a 5-2 to two game. You make it 5-3 to three with 15 minutes left. To Kyle's point, you're playing an Oilers team that doesn't really pride itself on defense. And – I mean, that comeback fizzled out really, really fast. No. I mean, it was well, five to three. Who cares? So if you look at it on a normal night when you're not playing an offensive juggernaut, Predators probably would have had a pretty decent chance to win. But just somehow it was just it was just ugly. I didn't even watch the third period. I watched enough of it and I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> It was just um, I had to go to bed. It was you too, found something too on Netflix to watch. No, I, just, I went to sleep. I was it was late. I was like, man, I can't. I don't think I. I hate these West Coast Western Canadian swings they go through. But um, it's just it's just awful. I, I have no words. You just we've said them all. It's just it's horrible to watch, and it's it hurts to watch. Actually, it's very sad. And, and so I I call a lot of what happened throughout that game is stat padding. So, oh, yeah. you know, like Granlin gets a couple assists. Like, uh, let's see, Forsberg has a three, three point. points. Yeah. yeah, Forsberg has a three-point night. Rio it's C. all stat padding to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really care about none of that. And, like, I'm not trying to, like, come down on these players because I, I love these guys. These are great people. Like, I cheer yep. for them, and I want them to do well. But I'm just calling it like I see it. And mm-hmm. anyone can come at me for being too hard on the players. That's fine. But it's stat padding. That's really what it is. So we got that. We got it there below the screen. There, Forsberg has a goal and two assists. Ekholm scores the first goal. Niederreiter finally decides to show up and get a goal. Yossi gets a couple assists. Grandling gets a couple assists. Deshane gets it a couple assists. Johansson scores a goal late in the game when it didn't matter. Like these are all like. I mean, I, I need to see this team show up when it matters. Is where I'm at here with this. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shift the focus to John Hines in this next segment, but I want to focus right now on the players, and I want to get y'all's thoughts on what is going on with the core part of this team, and what like is this just like were we fooled last year with all these great years that we saw from Yossi and Duchesne and Forsberg, and we just all got this fortunate luck, and we all got sold a, sold this, like, great false bill of goods, and we're actually seeing what this team really is. Like, Kyle, what do you think about that? Well, we were all talking at the beginning of the year about how uh, – which one of these guys is 
least likely to keep up with what they did last year and everything else. <laughs> I don't think any of us were expecting none of them to none of keep the above. up with them. Yeah. It's just – it's – I'm not going to say they don't care because they're visibly frustrated and everything else, but it just – they do not look like they're in it. Mm-hmm. And I said this to somebody the other day. They look like what LaViolette's team looked like before he got fired. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and – that's foreboding. It just they yeah, do. That's, you're, you're, you nailed it right there with what you just said. That's, they, that's exactly what they look like. And yeah. I'm not – I have been – I like John Hines. I think he's a good yep. coach. I think he may have lost the room. Somehow. I, but, but how? That's the thing. It's weird. I, I don't understand right. how or why or what, but it seems that way to me. Which yeah. is, it's like a complete contrast to what you saw, like in the behind the glass series. And you know what? I'm not going to sit here and speculate that the players aren't playing for him and they don't want to produce for him. I don't. I, I'm not going to speculate and go that far because I don't know that, and I'm not going to spread something that that I don't know. But I will say that I've watched this Preds team for a long, long time and been fully invested in this Preds team way before I ever started writing about them and doing a podcast and all of this stuff. And one thing I will say is there's been plenty of times where this Preds team is – the talent gap is immense. They're going up against a team that they just can't match talent-wise. But they fight and they battle and they figure out ways to win games – and they somehow milk out every win and point in the standings they can to make the playoffs. And, and, and you come out of that season as a fan thinking that Preds team left it all on the ice. Those players collectively, all those blue-collar guys, they left it on the ice. I've never watched a Preds team quite like I am right now that I feel like the talent is there, guys. The talent is there. But mm-hmm. – it's not it's like it's like flipped on its head it used to be there's not enough talent but at least they're battling at least they're fighting now it's like the other way around now it's no the talent's there and they're not producing and that is a very frustrating thing for people to deal with right now it's because we came out of the offseason all amped up about what this front office did and we're not we're not seeing it through ten games. We're not seeing it. it. Yeah, it's it's like they read their own uh, the the preseason stuff of how everybody said, "Oh, they're going to be the best team," you know, top of the central. And they must like it's like they believed what they were reading, and they believed their own hype, and they just were not prepared because it it's exactly like like Kyle said they they've and you said they've he's lost something. Something happened in the past month to where they just – they're not producing. They're lazy. Um, Roman Yossi almost got in a fight last night. You never see that. Just no, something, he, 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 he's up. definitely shown it on his sleeve, and he doesn't do that very often. That's no. very rare for him. 
Um, so I decided just because I love pain and misery, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I like to subject myself to this, I guess. But I decided, you know, like I'm going to flip over to the Oilers broadcast and see what they're saying about this game. And I flipped over in the second period when it was already four to one, you know, because the Oilers, you know, they scored four goals in the first period. I mean, and I was, I was, I'm, I'm on record to saying this. I li- and I wasn't joking when I said this. I literally said, pull UC Soros. Yes. Not just because I thought he was playing so poorly, but just because no, <laughs> he doesn't deserve this at this point. Kyle, do you I, have some- I'm sorry. I just looked up uh, the goal saved above expected rankings for the entirety of the league. Oh, yeah. Do you want to know where UC is right now? He wasn't he he wasn't doing that bad before last night's game, but I don't want to know where he's at now. He is 35th. <sighs> that game well, last night's game tanked him for sure. I mean between Brian Elliott, the backup for the uh stop it lightning. You're already hurting me. You said you lost me at Brian Elliott. And Pavel Francuz. <sighs> Listen. Listen, I said this. Look it up. After the first period last night, Preds are down for one. I said, pull UC Soros. He doesn't deserve this. No one deserves this. Nope. But, but and sorry to Kevin Lankinen, but throw him in at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And just, and just I mean, because it was just, it. I'm not saying he's perfect and he's not to blame in some of this. But did you not see what how open season it was? And this kind of goes back to what I was saying. So I decided to, sh- to watch the Oilers broadcast. I love to hear the other perspective sometimes. And so I wanted to hear what they were saying. And I cannot tell you how many times going through that second period that they literally gave Soros props for the score not being 7-1 to one or 8-1. to one. Mm-hmm. one of their color commentators literally said, I don't know how this score is not higher. Yeah. Like he's like they were giving him props nonstop. And I'm not and I know that's hard for someone to wrap their head around when you see a seven to four score. Mm-hmm. But you gotta really watch how these goals are being scored. And you can't just go off of the box score. And I'm not saying Soros looks sharp right now. I, I think that he's definitely got some rust and he's not been perfect, but let me share a quote that the Oilers broadcast said here that really just put me over the top, and I, and I laughed. I, I didn't even take it personally. They literally quoted as saying, you don't get into a knife fight with a guy with a gun. The Oilers <laughs> have the gun. I saw that. It's true. It's absolutely true. How many, how many times did they get scored on where Dreisaitl passed it or McDavid passed it to Dreisaitl behind the net? And then he found somebody open, mostly Evander Kane. The the predator, it's like you didn't you didn't learn from the, the first two times they did it. They they passed the puck, cover the puck better. I don't know what to, I don't know even what to tell them. Cover the front of the net better because they were giving them wide open shots. Like McDavid, like he can he can hit from anywhere pretty much, and you know that's what he did. And it's you know they didn't learn anything. They just they're cool for Soros to get scored on, and you know. It is what it is, I guess. I don't know. It's just weird. Learn your yeah. lesson. And and that that pass from Leon Drysidle, that backhand oh. pass, yeah. was. I mean, I'm not going to even fault the Preds for that one. That was like one of the. There's very few humans in this world who can pull off that pass. Yeah, 
I mean, he was uh, skating. He was skating on a dime down the boards and did a backhander, perfectly centered. Yeah. To beat Soros, and that's what I'm talking about here. There's there's not many goaltenders in this world who are going to make that save. So that's why I'm like, why are we focusing on Soros right now? Unless you just don't watch it very closely and you just look at box scores every day. Mm-hmm. With all due respect, because there's a lot of fans out there who do that, <laughs> who are saying Soros is the problem here. Um, unless you want to go back and reincarnate Dominic Hasek or Henrik Lundqvist or um, I don't know, like let's name some great all-time goaltenders. I'm going to throw out Dominic Hasek in this one. Marty Brodeur. Marty Brodeur, that's another good one. If you, unless you're going to reincarnate one of those in their primes, no one is making that game winnable for the Preds in net. There's defensive breakdowns. This team is broken. This team is not playing engaged right now for whatever reason. And that is going to take us to our next segment, which is focusing on, unfortunately, John Hines. And, you know, I hate to bring this up because I never want a guy – I don't. I never want anyone to get fired. Like, it's a dark part of the business here. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, we have to talk about this because job performance does factor into all of this. And you can't just keep glossing over this. And even though he is in a two-year deal that he just got signed to him over the offseason – Front offices fire head coaches all for the less, time. And it doesn't for less matter than what's going on now. <laughs> and he's only on a two-year deal. So I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think it's more about how much patience and how close is David Poyle to John Hines at this point. So that's going to be our next topic here. How hot is John Hines' seat after the Edmonton Circus? Will he make it through the full season? I want to go to Kyle first and then Rich. If it doesn't change quickly, no. Yeah. I, I, and that that's coming from somebody who likes Hines. So yeah. I like him too. I think he's a good guy. We can separate the two. You can you can yeah. look at someone and say he's a great guy and you wish mm. the best for him, but the results aren't there. No. There, that's, there. that's any walk of life. That's any that's any job you work. You yeah. know. And unfortunately for the for these for these coaches and these public figures, they're in the limelight. Whereas mm-hmm. people who work everyday jobs, their their jobs aren't in the limelight. And, and if they have a bad job performance, then everyone's not talking about it. And unfortunately, but that's why they get paid a lot of money too. So I don't want to hear that. So mm-hmm. um, that's why we're talking about it tonight. So, mm-hmm. Rich, what do you think about it? So <clears throat> with David Poyle's track record of dragging things out longer than they probably should, and um, I don't know if he's not af- – if he's I don't think he's afraid to, to make decisions. It just seems like it takes him forever to come to a conclusion. If things don't change, I don't see him being coached past December. Mm. Um, I'll give him that long, I guess. Um, That's kind of where I'm at with it too, honestly. Yeah, I mean – I. They could turn around, you know, starting in Calgary, doubt it, but, you know, they could go on a, a, a get it all together, you know, they, but I don't see it happening, but. But I, I don't even think it stops at Calgary. Let's say they beat Calgary, but then they turn yeah. around and lose their next game. This is going to take like a dramatic shift yeah. in the right direction because this team over the off season that David Poyle went out and tried to manufacture here. Mm-hmm. They sold it as we're not just competing to make the playoffs anymore. We're competing for a Stanley Cup here, <laughs> right? That's what they sold us, right? Fire. 
seventh in the Central Literally Division. Literally in the end of season press conference, he talked about how we don't want to just make the playoffs. We made the playoffs and found out that the talent gap is very, very wide between us in the Colorado Avalanche, which was very true and, and very, very correct on his, yeah. um, on his, on his, you know, assessment, right? And yeah. so you go and make all these moves, and ten games in, you look like a worse team than you did last season. Now it's just ten games. Yes, it's a small sample size, but that excuse has ran its course. It's early. Excuse has ran its course for me. I'm done with. I'm done using that excuse. Yeah, I, I mean, I think ten games, and you've lost. You know, <laughs> six and and an overtime well, game. One of your ten games are impressive, in my opinion. One, and that's the win over the Blues. That was, yeah. You put it. Yeah, together, but, yeah congratulations. You put together yeah. a a very impressive. I called it a get up off the mat, like a boxing match type of mm-hmm. win. And I applauded them for that in the last episode. I gave them their props. But then they turn around and do what they did against Edmonton. They've for got sure. two very, very uninspired wins over the San Jose Sharks to open the season. And then and then you look at all of their losses, and every single one of their losses is they, they're really bad losses. Yeah, they should have at least two more wins, those ones that gave up. The multi-goal leads. They've got they've they salvaged one point. The one point they salvaged by making it to overtime in the loss was a mm-hmm. was a two goal lead squandered in the third period. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's just nothing to write home about here right now uh, no. through the ten games, and they've got one of the worst point percentages in the entire league right now. Yep. There's no. They're one there's of like no, fourteen. Yeah. There's no standout player. That looks good. Usually, we have a couple, uh, one or two that are, you know, still doing well. I really can't think of one. Um, even I know we we've said they need to stay out of the penalty box a lot, but like they just don't have any fight in them at all. Like it just seems like they've given up. Like even Tanner Janot, like you know, he he just doesn't seem like he's playing the same way he did last season at all, and that's. It's definitely out of character for him. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's weird and it, it's it's strange that it seems like from the time when they were filming that documentary, the behind the glass thing, up until this point, what could have happened? Because everything seemed all rosy at the time. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's really strange. I literally wrote an article about Tanner Janot and his work ethic, and it just doesn't seem like there's anything there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah I mean, you but don't. I, but I also, I also think that it's it, it's a collective thing going on right now. Oh, absolutely is, and that that's kind of where it goes, circles back to John Hines here. And again, I hate to, I'm not, I hate to ever advocate for someone losing their job. I, I really don't, I don't like talking about this kind of a topic here. But what I'm trying to say here is when you look at a team like the Nashville Predators, you can't pinpoint one player. It's impossible to pinpoint one player and say, oh, the team is struggling because of this one player. It's easy in sports like basketball. In basketball, it's five players on the court. And you're like, oh, well, that star player is not scoring points or whatever. So that's why this team's losing. 
Um, even in baseball, you know, it's easy because you can pick like the, I don't know, like the big time hitter isn't, is, is striking out every game. Like it's easier. Hockey is such a cohesive unit sport. And mm-hmm. so unfortunately the head coach is going to take the fall first, fair or not. Absolutely. And, and so that's why we're talking about John Hines right now. We you remember when we were talking about when they let go of uh, Peter Laviolette, the first thing everyone says is, Hey man, you can't fire the team. Somebody's got to take the fall yep. and it's going to, it's going to be the coach. And that's exactly, you, you know, that's, that's just the way it's going to be. Um, somebody I has to fall on the grenade. Somebody's got to fall on the grenade. And, and, and it's usually the head coach. Yeah. And you're not going to throw your $8 million players on the grenade for sure. So, so but they, but, but it's, but it's their fault too. <laughs> they're not, they're so not. Here, uh, here's, a, here's where I'm a little upset with John Hines right now. And it really rubbed me the wrong way in the Oilers game. And it made its rounds around social media. And if you were uh, – Rich, I don't know if you caught this because you said you didn't watch the third period. But there was a moment where the Predators got called for a penalty. They were down 6-3. to three, So the game was pretty much over at that point. And John Hines was livid with the, with the referees. And he – we screenshotted it. And put it on our Twitter account if you want to look it up. Um, where he was irate with the officials and he was quoting power plays five to one. He was upset at the disparity between power plays being called in this game. Like that made a difference. And I don't like a head's coach that makes excuses, especially in a moment like that. It's one thing if the game's close and you're mm-hmm. battling going toe to toe and they make a really, really bad call late in the game or something like that, I can understand that. But at some point, look yourself in the mirror. You have one of the worst power plays in the league, and you're quoting power plays. It looked weak, and I I just don't think it's something that a head coach should be doing. Hopefully he just let his emotions get the best of him, and I get it. We're all human here. But it, it looked really bad. Yeah, absolutely. That's mm-hmm. – yeah. So, yeah. If you th- if you think getting a few more calls go your way is going to help you in this matter, I, I don't think it is because, like we said earlier, you know, the the Edmonton's passing the puck, you know, all, all around the rink wherever they want to put the puck, that's where it goes, and then they score, and those are five on five situations. So, yeah. So they actually improved a little bit after the Edmonton Oilers game because they did tally on the power play. In this game, uh, they went – the Predators went two out of two on the power play. (laughs) Like anybody cares, right? But they're still only 28th in the league in power play, even after that. Mm -hmm. And here's – I really circled this stat before this Oilers game, but it looked even worse before this game. But it still looks really bad. So the Predators are 28th in the league right now in power play, power play percentage. But if you look at power play opportunities, let's not talk like the Predators aren't getting their chances and the refs somehow have it out for them. The Predators <laughs> have the eighth most power play chances in the league right now. Eighth oh, wow. most. They have that's, 38. That's crazy. So I don't want to hear this. I don't yeah. want to hear this, oh, the refs have it out for them. They're not getting power play chances. And so that's why when I see a head coach 
yelling at the refs in a in a six to three game about oh mm-hmm. you gave them five power plays you only gave us one like I'm sorry it looked really weak and that just rubbed me the wrong way. Yep, we've got um, several of our friends are in here tonight and we really share, appreciate let's it. Share some good ones. Um, AJ has been in here before. Says Saros is basically left out to dry. You're absolutely mm-hmm. correct. Uh, our, our friend Boyd, who's been on the podcast before, Hines, good guy, good motivator, the right coach for the transition. Is he long-term answer? I don't know. It's not looking that way. Boyd also said this is very good. I still land on the players as the primary issue of just not performing more than what Hines is or isn't doing. That's absolutely mm-hmm. true. Um, let's see who else is in here. Let, before you share that next one, let me talk about uh, what our friend Boyd said because uh, Boyd is really knows his stuff. And yes, he's he awesome, does. Man. And I appreciate him commenting. Um, I fall kind of on the, I, I kind of fall with that. I understand what he's saying there because Heinz and I've been saying this, Heinz can't go out there and play for them. No, but here's, here's, here's my problem. Heinz's track record as a coach is just not promising. I mean, it's not like Heinz has this really positive, head coaching track record and he's just having a bad year so i think that's another reason why fans have no patience because they look at his track record and they see that he is four and 15 as a head coach in the postseason four and 15 yeah you know they see stuff like um they see that and you have to go off track records too that does matter in this discussion here Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, it's not good. <laughs> it's it, and it's weird because it happened so quickly. It feels like um, it seemed that he, you know, had the attention of the players last season. Um, you know, they were all kind it's, of uh, fighting for each other. Let's and, see. And, uh, and, UC Sorrows, our friend UC Sorrows, has a really good um, solution that I don't think I'm going to do, but it's still a good solution. Maybe they should fly Chad up to throw some chairs between periods. We might see some improvements. <laughs> Maybe. Um, let's see what the team wants to, wants to pay me for that. I'll go, I'll go up there and throw some chairs for him. I'll go on the road and throw some chairs. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, Max, Max Greenberg jumps in and says, I don't think I've ever seen Chad this fired up. Well, you're right. Cause I haven't been not since this podcast has been going on. I, I really haven't been. Um, AJ Evans jumps in so many good comments here. Keep them coming. Right. AJ Evans says he was butter on toast higher and we was okay. Forsberg and Nito didn't come here for okay. <laughs> so I haven't heard it th- put that way. Uh, he was butter on toast higher. Okay. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he was just the, uh, quick, Quick hire there for them. And then Boyd does offer a good rebuttal here when it comes to Hines. His track record, the caveat on Hines' history is the awful rosters he had in New Jersey outside of Taylor Hall. It's true. That's true. But it's you true. still have to go off of what his, what, you know, what his track record is. And that's all you have to go off of right now. And does yeah. he instill enough confidence for you? That's kind of the whole point of this question is does he – let's circle it back around. Does he make it through the season is my question. 
That's I'm, I'm telling you, yeah. If if things keep going down this 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 road that they're on, and this team can't pull together somehow, it's like every night it's like they're deer in headlights. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't see him making it past December. Like I said earlier, I just don't. And, I, and I'm I'm telling you right, I'm telling you right now, if there are conversations going on behind closed doors that we don't know about, and I I know that there's tampering rules and there's all these things, but I can tell you that if 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 there are people behind closed doors who know that Barry Trotz wants to come back and he wants to come to Nashville, and this team continues to uh, stumble along like they're doing right now, then then guess what? Then guess what? You better believe, and they better do it, or they're crazy. Let John Hines move on into the sunset, and hopefully, and wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. And you bet your damn ass that you bring Barry Trotz in behind the bench to galvanize this franchise. I, I would definitely try to to push all in for that. Um, I'm gone for two minutes and y'all are hiring trots back. Yeah. Well, if he wants to. If they're, if they're Kyle, if they are having conversations behind closed doors and I know it happens, it doesn't get reported. Maybe it'll get leaked to somebody and they'll find out about it in the media, but I guarantee you conversations happen and David Poyle and Barry trots are very, very close. And all I'm saying is, if somehow through the grapevine, Poyle finds out that Trotz is interested in coming back to the Preds, if there's a head coaching vacancy here, then don't even think twice about it. Don't even think twice about it. That is only if the Predators are still playing the way they're playing right now in a couple months. But there's a lot of fans out there who are saying, we don't have a couple months. Like yeah. Most fans are on on. You should see the Facebook notification. I never oh. check Facebook. I hate Facebook. I never get on it. But I but I opened it up today, and I've never seen an article blow up so much on Facebook. And it was, of course, it was about John Hines. That's why it blew up. But mm-hmm. so many comments, and every comment was, we need to fire John Hines right now. I <laughs> think Landry's right. going to have a heart attack. But you think, you, you think who's going to have a heart attack? Landry. Oh yeah. yeah. To be fair, Facebook has fires Hines in the off season. He want they wanted him fired when they were doing good last season. I mean, they'll always find that. So Twitter's on board with it too. I, I don't. But I, now Twitter's they're, on. Board. They're a cohesive unit at this point when it comes to to John Hines. Yeah. 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 I, I, I if if it goes this way, I don't think it'll be a couple of months. It'll be a couple of weeks. Yeah, you can't you can't have this much money invested in a team uh, that was or, that's this that was bad. pushing in. Yeah, that was pushing in to go deep into the playoffs because that ain't exactly. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and that's another that's another point I've I've brought up as well, and you guys have brought up, and a lot of people have brought up is it'd be one thing if this team was forging ahead with a very mm-hmm. young roster. And, you know, we kind of knew what this team was and we were kind of hoping that maybe they would battle for a playoff spot and see what happens. But when you go all in and you say you're, you're competing for a Stanley Cup and you're trying to make your team better 
from what you were when you made the first round of the playoffs last year, and you, and then you do this, that's when fans get ticked off. Yeah. So that's what you're seeing here. It's not so much that the team is performing badly. It's it's when you see all these highly paid players, and yeah. it's not producing anything on the ice. And not only are you losing, but you're losing in really, really bad ways. Do you all remember last night? They said on the broadcast how many times the Predators have hit the post instead of scoring a goal. Was it like it was some insane number? Like they said Cole Smith like has 12 already or yeah. something like crazy like that. He has to be leading the NHL in breakaways though. Yes. Yeah. There's no way he's not. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like they're snake bitten. Like even even Matt Duchesne, like he's going back to that. Remember Kyle a while back or last season we were talking about he would do that one move where he'd go into the boards and get pinched and like try to spin around. Like everybody has that dialed in. They know what he's going to do, and he just can't. He can't uh, maneuver like he did last season at all. None of them can. Like it, they're all just. It's like they got lead in their skates or something. They're all scrambling right now, and and, and the speed difference is so apparent in most of these games. Like they look like they're moving in, like like you said, like they have lead skates, like lead in their skates. Yeah. Like yeah, it, 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 everything looks like it is a, like they're having to move mountains just mm-hmm. to get an odd man rush. And then you yeah. look at the other team, and they make it look so effortless, like they're just gliding. And I get it. I'm not even talking about the Oilers game. I get that one. You're going up against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. And it feels like those guys never leave the ice. They play the mm-hmm. whole freaking game, it feels like. They never go to the bench. I get that. But it's not just the Oilers game. Almost every team they face, they look like they are drastically just outskated. Like they just can't keep up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like and it's like the league magically went to uh, high speed offense overnight, and the Predators just and <laughs> like, they looked and, still and, in the Oilers game last night. They looked gassed in the first yeah. three minutes mm-hmm. of the game. I'm not even exaggerating. They looked like they were tired. Yeah, in the first three minutes of that game. Yeah, it was just. I mean, I don't know. And sure, they could beat the Flames, but we're going to preview the Flames here in a second real quick and give you a quick preview of them. But let me tell you something. The Flames are ticked off right now, and I don't like playing a ticked-off Flames team. Mm -mm. That doesn't Mm -hmm. bode well for us at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Before we get to that and move along with episode 156, let me tell you about DraftKings. We're brought to you by DraftKings, promo code THBN. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. So I've been telling you to bet on the Preds over the last couple weeks. No, bet for the other team and win yourself $200. All you got to do is do $5 on that bet and bet against the Preds. And hopefully I'll do some reverse psychology here. I don't know. They did score the first goal. (laughs) If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot in an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THBN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes below the episode for details. If you have a gambling crisis and need gambling help, we have numbers and contact support you can reach to get the help you need. And DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Let's move along, guys. Let's talk about the Calgary Flames. Well, and before we do that, I thought of a bright spot of the Edmonton game. Please. Believe it or not. Give and it the bright me. spot is this. I have Connor McDavid and Evander Kane on my fantasy team. Moving oh. along to the Calgary game. You want to talk about how I got my revenge over you, though, Rich? You did. You, you gloss did over that? You did, a, you, you did well. I yeah. avenged the one-point win that you got over me last year that – no, it was like a half a point or something. It was it crazy. It was a half a point. It was something crazy. But I, I do never have – Never that down. Connor McDavid and, and Vander Kane are – your team is ridiculous, well. though. Like, like I was looking at your team. I think you've got like the most points in the league right now. Like, your team yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, nobody wanted to pick a Vander Kane, and let's I picked get, him really late. So, but well, let's I'm give credit to the only two undefeated teams left in the Catfish and Ice Fantasy Hockey League. UC Sorrows <laughs> is three and zero, and Ben Ears Crack House is three and zero, which is uh, CJ's team. CJ's, yeah. So we got two teams that are only left that are undefeated. So there you go. Good job. Good job, guys. Fun stuff. Fancy hockey. All right. Let's preview the Calgary Flames here. Um, I'm pretty sure the Flames just had a really bad letdown loss against the Kraken of all teams. (laughs) Hey, man, Seattle's third. They're playing good. Yeah, uh, Beneers is going to be a mm, problem for a few years. So that kid has come on strong. The Flames were up four to two early in the third period, and they end up losing the game five to four. Beneers gets the game-winning goal. So the Flames are going to be a very disgruntled and upset team. I can promise you that, and I actually shared what I read from some of their quotes here. And uh, Flames veteran Tyler Toffoli said, we're not happy. We're an older group, and we know good teams don't do that. Of course, their very um, unfiltered head coach, Daryl Suter, said the fourth line was on for two goals and took a penalty for another one. So they didn't hold up their end of the deal either. <laughs> I love how he just calls out his play. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah. Like, he's just like, whatever. Like he's an old school coach for sure, but um, the Flames are dealing with their own issues here. Jonathan Huberdeau has not played very well for them in his early campaign with the Flames. Uh, so you know that just because the Flames are struggling, they have all the talent to do exactly what the Edmonton Oilers just did to us. That's what scares me about this game against the Flames. Is it could be a repeat? It could. Oh uh, yeah, very easily. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I, I hate to give you a grim outlook like that, but I mean, I'm well, especially to see it, especially like you said, being ticked off losing to Seattle in the fashion that they did. So, and we're and the Flames will probably throw out Markstrom and Net, mm-hmm. who is, in my opinion, easily a top five goaltender in this league. Yep. So, I mean, you're so talking about. You're talking about a Preds team that 
can't get the offensive monkey off their back, and now they got to go up against Jacob Markstrom, who is – I mean, his numbers aren't great so far this season. It's very middle of the road, but we know what he is. We know he's a great mm-hmm. goaltender. So, it's going to be just – it's going to be another really tough test. We said that going into the Blues game, and they figured out a way to pull out a win, but these games don't get any easier. It's the NHL season. you got to figure out a way – to pull yourself out of the mud and string together multiple wins. The Preds are at the point now where they need to string together a four or five game winning streak here. They do. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking about if we remember last season, Edmonton went through a, a big long stretch like this where they were not playing well and they lost several games over, over several weeks. And, um, but you know they're they're in a different different boat than the predators are at this point. We were had high expectations, and yeah, they need to definitely turn it around. And this would be a good a good team to turn it around on if they can do it. And and, and another thing about the Flames is we all know that they are a they're not afraid to go toe to toe with the Preds physically speaking here. Mm-hmm. So you can expect another hard hitting game here. Um, did you see the hit totals against the Oilers and how lopsided it was and how much that didn't matter? Yeah. You get you got to – yeah. The yeah. Predators had 60 hits to the Oilers 27. 60 hits. Mm-hmm. And that was on the road. Normally the home team beefs up their hit numbers, like it's been said around NHL circles, that hit numbers are kind of like – they're a little subjective here, like, and the home team usually beefs up their numbers. Well, as a road team, you racked up 60 hits and you still lose seven to four. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what to say. But yeah. I will say that the the biggest thing is you got to fix the power play, of course. I mean, they feasted on it last season. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now they can't buy a goal in the power play. They look so lost. And you just can't figure it out because you got mostly the same personnel. If anything, you upgraded your personnel from last year on the power plate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they look lost throughout the ever all situations. But yeah, the power play is definitely horrible um, compared to what you know they did well with it last year. So. Do you throw? So- all right, I got a question for both of you guys, and I just I just thought about this question, and I got to think about this answer myself. Do you go with Kevin Lankin in on Thursday against the Flames, or do you ride or die with your franchise goaltender? Ooh. That's a tough you, one, right? You've, you've got to give UC a chance to get his groove back, but then again, do you want to keep throwing him to the Wolves? I, I, I say go Kevin Lankin in. Uh, it might be a good idea, but – yeah, it's a, it's maybe tough. He, maybe he sees the puck a little bit better. Maybe he comes in and he has one of those games where he's just that's why he went out and got a Kevin Lankin in mm-hmm. to, to, to give Soros some rest every now and then to give him a mental break. And but I see both sides of it. I yeah, see what Kyle's saying. I see what Kyle's saying. And goaltenders, they want to stay in the groove. You don't want to just. You don't want him to have too long of a break after coming out of that Oilers game. It, it's walking a tightrope here. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm leaning towards you start Kevin Lankin in against the Flames. Let's see if he can have one of those games that I think he's capable of. Lankin is capable of throwing you a gem. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe the Predators can finally – maybe they can win a game thanks to their goaltender where a goaltender carries them over the finish line and they can just get a hard-fought, gritty win, which they haven't had all season. Yeah. Yeah, and that that and it's it's getting old seeing Soros abused the way he is. <laughs> I mean, so, we, so we're just going to watch Lincoln and get abused? That's not fair. Hey, man. <laughs> I don't know. He knew, he knew what he was getting into. <laughs> well, he came from Chicago, so it can't be that bad. Yeah, it can't be too bad. He's probably like, I'll take those losses rather yeah, than be there. I don't know. Sure. I, they'll probably start Soros, but I I wouldn't be against starting Kevin Lincoln in. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, more than likely, that's who it's going to be. And let's see. If anyone else wants to answer on that, I'm, I really want to hear if anyone's watching right now and wants to answer on that. Cause I well, think Johnny, Johnny said a little selfishly, I prefer Lincoln and play tomorrow so I can see Soros in person on Saturday. Oh, well, that's a good answer. I like good. that. Yeah, for sure. There you go. Yep. Good stuff there. All right. Appreciate that. All right. So let's move along here to the roster news that happened. Kiefer Sherwood, you know, that guy that scored the first goal of the season. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Well, he's on waivers now. Um. I didn't. I can honestly say I did not see this coming at all. I'm not saying. Weird. I'm not saying he's been stellar, but I don't think he's been bad. I think he's been a decent rotational depth player. He even got some top six minutes early in the season, and they <laughs> they throw him on waivers. We'll have to see if he clears waivers and goes to Milwaukee. Who are the Preds going to call up? I'm hearing. And it all seems writing on the wall, but it's not confirmed yet that it's going to be Philip Tomasino. Kyle, I know you're watching the Admirals closely. And Kyle, we're going to get an Admirals update from you as well. But first, do you agree with already calling back up Philip Tomasino if that ends up being the case? He has played well. He's played well. The only problem is, is you've had more than one person play really well. In right. Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough choice to make. Mark Jankowski's the leading scorer on the ads right now. Or mm. or he was up to this game today. That might have changed now, but it's there's a lot of players down there playing really well. But if Tomasino's brought back up, um I don't hate it. That's for certain. Yeah. But I don't think that fixes anything either. That's, what, that's exactly what I was getting ready to ask you guys. Is Philip Tomasino coming back the catalyst that's going to kickstart this team? All right. Think yeah. So. My thing about it is we talked about this when this news first came down, when, when Tomasino was sent down. And we kind of like threw around the idea of when is he going to be called back up and – my whole pushback on all of this from the start was I don't want him going back and forth. And if he's going, if he needs AHL reps, I get that. And I understand that, but don't, I don't like the idea of yanking him back up this early just because the team sucks for the first 10 games. I don't like that because I don't think he's magically going to be a, any different of a player that he was 10 games ago, just because he had a good little stint in Milwaukee. I don't know what that really accomplishes. So I would lean towards giving Jankowski a chance. Yeah. 
I don't spread think it that's around. A bad idea and that's nothing against Tomasino. Um, that's nothing. But I would rather him stay down there and let him get into a groove and let him do what get to experience what Cody Glass got to experience last season, and let him come into next season fully ready to go, just like Cody Glass is doing. So let's let's see what else is out there at this point. If we're really going to start calling up young players this early in the season, I would love to see a, a Jankowski. I wouldn't mind seeing Jordan Gross get get a third pairing shot because Jeremy Lazan and I was totally all about <laughs> Jeremy Lazan, but that dude's making me eat my words. He has looked completely lost. Yeah, that's what I said. They're all all of them. They're all dear. Well, to no, I mean Lazan. I mean, I think he had one really good defensive move where he almost got schooled and even the Oilers broadcast kind of said oh they tried to give him credit they were like oh well Lazan's had a really bad night but good job there Lazan you made one good move there like I mean it was bad yeah Max Greenberg says Twitter is going to be rough if it's Jankowski and not Tomasino well it's already rough Max Max we're already in it we're already in the muck we ain't getting out of it so that don't really matter and then everybody say hi to Nikki Nikki jumped in What's Hi, up, Nikki. Nikki? Nikki's a Stars fan, so she's she's conflicted right now. She feels she good about her Stars, but she's also a Predators fan. Yeah, and and good reason to feel good about it. But them, Nikki, so. we're happy you're here. Congrats to your Stars because they look legit. They look like the real deal. Yep. So we're happy for your Dallas Stars. Um, I'm not. So yeah, I'm okay with Jankowski. Uh, not because I don't like Tomasino and I don't think he's a good person to call up. I get it. He's going to be the one that gets called up here because he knows the system and they're going to move him in pretty mm-hmm. seamlessly. But I just don't understand what this whole exercise was about if you're calling him back up this quickly. that That's my only thing about it. And, are you, and, and when you do call him up, are you going to be putting him in the same situation last season, fourth – you know, fourth line minutes, um, bouncing around all over the place. You know, like, that's not going to do him any good either. So it's kind of pointless, like you said. And and you've got a lot of young players that are going through this same problem. I mean, Ellie Tolvanen gave up a horrible backdoor goal last night, mm-hmm. and he, it's another young player mm-hmm. that's just getting tossed around the lineup. There's no stability with this lineup right now. So that's another issue you're facing, and that does fall on the head coach. That's something you can directly pin on the head coach. And it's not like this team has been plagued with injuries. Mm-hmm. They actually haven't dealt with any significant injuries. So, yeah. I mean, they've had some day-to-day issues with a couple of players, but for the most part, they've been pretty healthy. Yeah. So I know that John Hines wants to experiment and I even wrote an article about it. Like John Hines is making bold lineup decisions. Let's see how it pays off for better or worse. But I mean, you can't be toying with some of these young players and just throwing them around this lineup and, you know, sending them down, bringing them back up, like throwing them on the fourth line to play 12 minutes and expect to get something out of them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think he's just struggling to find anything. Too many knee-jerk reactions. I'm seeing too many knee-jerk reactions here. And a head coach that's confident in his team does not show knee-jerk reactions. They stay the course. They trust their system. They trust their team. And even if you go through a four-game losing streak or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you trust your system, you trust your philosophies, and you get through it. You don't have knee-jerk reactions like this. 
That was his whole message last season. So I'm seeing too many knee-jerk reactions here. Yeah. So um, I want to touch on some really good news within the system, which is the Milwaukee Admirals and Kyle, who follows the Admirals very closely. And I want to get an update from Kyle on what is going on with the Milwaukee Admirals this season. Take it away, Kyle. So basically you could flip everything from Nashville and make it opposite and apply that to the Admirals. Um, <laughs> they are the least penalized team in the entire AHL. Um, let's see. They're on a four, four game win streak. Uh, they played uh, Rockford this morning at 1130. Um, hmm. You have, what is it? Three two guys that have scored a goal in their last four games in a row, and that would be Igor Afanasyev and Philip Tomasino. Um, let's see. Uh, I think Phil has five goals now. Uh, Yuso Parsonen has been absolutely outstanding. He's in on every goal that's been scored, it seems like. Uh, if not, he had a four-point game today, scored his first goal in oh. North America, and uh, three assists. Uh, was first star of the game, and he's he's just looked phenomenal. Uh, one play I'd really like to talk about of his, and it was the goal that Igor sco- uh, scored, was they were in the defensive zone, so started on the Admiral's own end. Yuso comes in, stick lifts the guy, takes the puck, goes through two defenders in the neutral zone, makes a perfect pass to Afanasyev, and he all he has to do is just barely tap it, and it's a goal. It was one of the prettiest plays I've seen in a while. Uh, Jaroslav Askarov has looked okay in that. He is definitely rusty. Uh, mm. You can you can tell he spent a year of not playing. Mm. Uh, and he, he let one goal in today that was kind of a cupcake would be a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> He, he was getting a little nonchalant. Uh, the ads were up four to one at this point. Uh, so it was kind of, I won't say it was a garbage time goal, but it was, the game was going pretty well. Uh, another guy that I've really been impressed with, two of them is Jordan Gross, the defenseman. He has been, uh, he won the game in overtime the other night and he's just all around been good. And then you have uh, Mark Delgazo. Mm. Mark Delgazo is a little bulldog. Yep. He he doesn't take a lot of penalties, but man, he is a thorn in the side of anybody that's out there. It's just I really enjoy watching him play. He's very hard on the pucks. Uh, Spencer Stastny mm. is another guy that looks pretty good. He's more of a finesse type defenseman. He doesn't. He is just a very good defensive defenseman. He's not going to be on a lot of stat lines, but he's just quality D guy. Yeah. So I'm listing those defensemen you just listed there. Um, I am not against, especially considering that, you know, Mark Borowiecki is still dealing with the aftermath of that really awful hit that he took against the boards. He's recovered. Which was an accident. It was an accident. It was an accident, but I'm just saying it was still a really bad spill into the boards. Mm-hmm. Um, my point is he's not going to be ready to go for a while. Do we really trust Jeremy Lazan to be the everyday third-pairing defenseman? I would say no at this point. He has not looked very good. 
And so I want to see one of these Milwaukee Admirals guys uh, get a chance. What do you have to lose at this point? The team already right. looks terrible defensively, so you might as well give someone an opportunity to give you a spark. Uh, do you think we could see Jordan Gross in there, Kyle? Do you think we could see another guy in there? And then also let's talk about Parson and, and Igor Afanasiev eventually getting a call up if this spiral continues. But those two guys definitely are going to get a shot. I can't say when exactly, but those two are definitely going to get a shot at it. Uh, and I really wouldn't mind seeing a, a Jordan Gross and a, a Ryan McDonough pair because Gross is a right shot defenseman. And, you know, that lets McDonough play his natural left side. Mm-hmm. Gross is a bit more of a puck mover. So, and you need that. You need that spark right now. And for all you know, I mean, yeah, it could blow up in your face. They might. But what do you have to lose at this point? And for all you know, you might catch lightning in a bottle here with a young player that comes in and sparks this team. That's exactly what you need at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think that at some point, and it's not, you know, like it's like like we said, it's not all on one player for why this team's struggling. But if you're trying to find little solutions to a big problem, one little solution is maybe plugging in a younger defenseman that's playing well in Milwaukee right now, taking German Lazan out. You've already got Mark Borbieski out right now. And seeing if you can get an unexpected spark here from one of your younger defensemen prospects. That I think that's a very fair thing to, to do right now if, if, mm-hmm. if you're John Hines. <clears throat> Any little small successes – to get them motivated would be good. Just get them back in a winning state of mind. Yeah, because they're not. You got to spark the team somehow. Yep. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. just, you know, for Little sure. Sparks. But it, it is good to hear that the Admirals are playing as good as a lot of people expected them to be. I mean, we, we you looked at the Admirals and you looked at this prospect pool going into the season, you were like, this team's going to be a force. And so it's awesome to see them doing that right now, despite the NHL club not following suit. Yeah. All right, guys, we are rounding up episode 156 of Catfish and Ice. We appreciate all the awesome comments from our listeners and viewers on the YouTube channel and on Twitter. For sure. Uh, Y'all are awesome. We love you so much. And hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. It helps out a ton. Follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. Let's get into our final topic, which is always closing out with a couple NHL quick hitters. And our first one is, so did you see where Ryan Reynolds, the actor, is thinking about buying the Ottawa Senators, first of all, guys? Mm -hmm. Reported by Sportsnet. Deadpool's got a lot of money. So that gave me the idea of if you could pick one celebrity to buy the Nashville Predators, who would you go with? Uh, Rich, who's your celebrity? I'm going to go with a, a duo. Okay. A Nashville duo that could pull their money and definitely have enough to buy the Nashville Predators. And that is Tim McGraw and Carrie Underwood. <laughs> oh. No. 
They could do it. They got enough. That money. seems very realistic too. That mine doesn't seem realistic at all. But yours, some, when I say mine, but yours is pull together all the musicians in Nashville and have them buy the team. Get Jack White. Get him. <laughs> he lives down there. Carrie oh, Underwood. All those. All those people just buy the Tim team. Tim McGraw buying the team would be interesting. Yeah, he, he could sing does the, the goal he, song. He could sing the goal song in person. That would be amazing. That'd be awesome. Okay. So there you go. Kyle, who's your <laughs> who's your celebrity to buy the Preds? Since he's recently become involved with the team and has been used in some marketing, I'm going to say Jelly Roll. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. because I think he'll be good at it, but because I think whatever happens, it'll be fun. That's, gotcha. And the concessions will be on point because us fat dudes ain't going to let nobody eat bad. <laughs> Predators. I will say one thing: Bridgestone has very good concessions. Oh, absolutely! Food is delish. All right, here's mine. First, before I share mine, let's let's get some some user comments here on theirs. Nikki says Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. (laughs) Hey, they both go. They go to the games. That's not very. That's not out of. That's not outlandish at all. There. Um, Mike Twitter says, uh, double J Jeff Jarrett, Jarrett, the wrestler. Well, that's Mm. hilarious that Mike Twitter brought up a wrestling reference because my celebrity pick is also a former wrestler. So I grew up watching wrestling Monday night raw with my father. It was like, I even, even when I knew it wasn't real, we would watch Monday night raw together all the time. Mm -hmm. It, It was so fun. I have so many great memories I got to stay up late on Mondays on school nights to watch Monday Night Raw, even though my mom was not okay with it. But it's okay because I was watching Monday Night Raw with my dad, and so she let me slide on it. But anyway, we'd watch wrestling late at night, and I don't know why I thought of this, but how cool would it be if Stone Cold Steve Austin bought the Nashville Predators, (laughs) came busting into the Bridgestone Arena, his first game owning the team, chugging a couple beers, doing what he used to do. Giving the you finger. Know, you know, Fred's, <laughs> well, no, we got to keep it family friendly. He wouldn't do that. No. But you know how, you know, he did it on all wrong. the fans in, in Nashville, you know, that would be a marketing, that would be like a marketing dream, first of all. Stone Cold Steve Austin, if you're out there, I'm sure you don't watch Catfish on Ice, but guess what? If you happen to you be watching it tonight, come by the Preds. Talk to Haslam. He might sell you a part of the team. Mike Twitter. <laughs> there you go. Me and Mike Twitter are on the same page when it comes to uh, wrestlers owning the National that, Predators. That dude ain't going to sell any part of that team. He's going to take it all himself. I would like to change my answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. A duo of ownership between George Kittle and Taylor Lewan. Oh, I like that one too. <laughs> That's good. The that also will, that actually also seems very realistic. The vibes would be immaculate, gentlemen. Immaculate. I like it. Yeah. Mm. I like it. I could actually see that happening. Yep. Unlike my Stone Cold Steve Austin pick, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I could totally see. Taylor Lewan being because he he's into the Preds like, and George Kittle's friends with Philip Forsberg, so that's not 
totally out of the ordinary there. Yeah. All right, let's do our last quick hitter here. Read a really cool article here talking about the NHL team values for 2022 and talking about the Predators and how they are valued now at $775 million, which kind of ties into our previous quick hitter about celebrity owners. So the average NHL franchise, do you guys want to take a guess is what the average NHL franchise is worth? One billion dollars. One billion dollars, <laughs> yes, is the average NHL worth. One billion with a B. Crossing the 10-figure mark for the first time and up 9% from a year ago. So NHL values for franchises are rising. Mm-hmm. The article cites that the young viewership and the young demographic is really driving the popularity of the league now. That's why they've shifted to ESPN Plus and all these streaming platforms. Uh, so that's what the NHL's taking to their bank at this point is trying to connect with the younger uh, demographic. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs rank first at $2.12 billion, and they still can't win a playoff game. That's because it's in Canadian money, right? <laughs> it's in Canadian quarters. Then it would be $4.something billion. And they are $110 million ahead of the New York Rangers in that category. But they talk more about the Preds here and Jimmy Haslam. Uh, who owns the Cleveland Browns and the Columbus Crew, whereas his brother Bill Haslam will take control of the franchise by 2025 through a series of four payments. So, like, you know, you know, us regular folks, we all, we buy a couch for four payments. <laughs> but uh, these these hundred dollar couch these these hot shots right here, they go out and buy a whole freaking NHL team in four payments. I just think it's funny that it's in payments, like installments. They just go down to Aaron's and it's like, hey, I want to buy this NHL team. He's got he's got the, the Predators. It's on layaway. layaway. Yeah, it's that's right. Layaway. Yeah, layaway. layaway exists. Even I'm going to real- get that joker out by Christmas, I promise. Yeah. Hey, even the insanely yeah. rich people have to use layaway. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It says here, factoring in a discount for the time – value of money puts the current value of the deal at 775 million. The Preds rank number 23 in Sportico's. This is from Sportico, by the way. The Preds rank number 23 in Sportico's NHL valuations. Haslam pointed to three reasons for his interest in buying the Predators in an email to Sportico. He says, I am very bullish on Nashville as a sports and entertainment center. And there are a lot of factors that make Nashville a very desirable town, and I don't yeah. see any of those changing anytime soon. Secondly, I'm a believer in pro sports in general and hockey in particular and as good long-term investments. Finally, like a lot of other people, I love sports. Sports. <laughs> sports. Go sports. Go team. Competitive athletics. We miss you, uh-huh. Connor. Uh-huh. And they say the biggest reason why NHL franchises drown this out here are, are – are rising in value is that more and more rich people are seeing that they can buy an NHL franchise because the buy-in is extremely low compared to your NFL, NBA, 
major league baseball teams. You can get in on it and you're probably going to make money off your investment. So that's why you're starting to see these NHL values raise. Even the Predators franchise value is raising. So, yeah, anyone want to buy an NHL team? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I think it is a good investment and more people are starting to, you know, through the ESPN deal and all that are starting to see the worth of hockey. I mean, hey. I've been to um, pretty much every major sport that there is, uh, professional sports, and the, uh, nothing is better than a hockey game. I'm sorry. For sure. I mean, it's 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 the most exciting out of all of them. And, I mean, I've been to NASCAR, NFL teams, professional baseball, soccer, the whole nine yards, and there's just nothing better than a hockey game. Guys, I've got some money tucked away for a rainy day in my pillowcase. That's and for I'm your thinking, couch. I'm, I'm thinking about digging that money out, and I'm going to buy uh, – I'm going to dip my toes into the NHL field and buy an NHL team. I bet you could buy like a one share of. I got a little. I, I, I'm I'm not gonna even do it in four payments. I'm gonna do it in one big lump sum. Avoid the interest payments. I used to um, work with a guy who owned one share of the Boston Celtics, and he used That's to get pretty cool. Yeah, he used to get like um, perspective. You know, they send out all the information they send to shareholders <laughs> every year. He'd get everything that a normal like shareholder we get is kind of neat all right kyle's yawning i'm getting tired guys it's been a fun episode episode 156 of catfish on ice we are here for you through all the chaos of the national predator season we will see you later this week preds play the flames on thursday let's see if we can wake up from this nightmare i don't know we'll see what happens we appreciate you joining us Episode 156. Shout out to all the people. Shout out to everyone who has joined us, who has commented on the stream. Y'all have made the episode so much better when y'all comment. We love y'all. And we will see you next time. Follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching live. And we will see you later this week. Take care, everybody.